this is absolutely a way that people can pretend to be communists in an ANCAP world. We're literally going back to property owners are the ones who get to decide how society works. Hey, we're building my tomb. It's going to be huge. The HOA is the, is the neighborhood state. Philosophers. Philosophers. All right, David. I came across an interesting article last week that having talked about Solarpunk also last week, I feel like we should talk about this week. Okay. So this article was about mega projects. Mega projects. You know what a mega project is? I, a project that is large. It's larger than a killer project, but not as by big a as fact, a, by three orders of magnitude. Yes, but not as big as a giga project. Although I'm sure someone will. That'll be the next thing. That's that someone's going to be the next thing. Um, but what it is is it's a, a really expensive thing, essentially. But project also usually indicates it's a physical thing. It's not like a software necessarily. Okay. Um. A lot of experimental cities are like on the order of mega projects. You know what I mean? Um, okay. Like, like have you seen these? Um, are you familiar with like a lot of these cities in like the oil rich countries? OPEC yes, countries? that's exactly the kind of place that I think of when I think of rich people just building cities because they can. Because they can, yeah, and like literally flying planes to seed the air so that it rains. You know yeah. they do that in uh, Dubai. Well, no, that's the thing. They they actually pay money to have planes fly through down upwind of the city to seed the clouds with the rain to control the weather. Um, cool. Yeah. When you've got that kind of money and you can just be like, you know what? I want it to rain next week. Picks the phone up and guarantees that it's raining. Every time I think about Dubai, I think about, wow, do I even have the money to like look at the Burj Khalifa? Like, <laughs> yeah. What does the trademark on that look like? What are the viewing rights? You know, <laughs> It's also kind of wild to think about this is what you do when you're just like super wealthy. Like these oil rich families that you don't really hear about that much, right? Everyone, when they talk about who's the richest man in the world, it's like Bezos, Elon Musk. Elon Musk. But yeah. no, 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 no. It's these individuals in these families that pump literal liquid, well, not literal, but like figurative liquid gold out of the dirt or sand and it the world runs on it and mm -hmm. they're in all that wealth coming from all these nations concentrated in the hands of a single family of people that just the, the it just doesn't matter anymore like i can't you know this is one thing i you know it's quick tangent i guess getting people to understand big numbers is hard yes i think you and i have both been trying to explain things to people like the, the, the area I run into it the most is when I'm trying to explain how evolution is not ridiculous and how, cause, cause people look at like a chimpanzee and say, how did we come from that? Like, look at it, look at how different it is. I'm like, well, first of all, we didn't come from that literally. Right. That's a distant cousin. But I said, or but, you're some kind of idiot. You think a monkey gave birth to a person? And it's like, no, I don't. Literally not. <laughs> literally yes. don't. I, don't. I never thought that. <laughs> right. You know, and it's weird too, because I don't, when they look at, living things they don't get it but if i show them the grand canyon somehow that's an easier concept for them to understand erosion yes similar magnitudes in time R right yeah it's like oh yeah okay this this rock is not like infinitely strong if you do if you apply a very small force to it for long enough it will start to fall apart yeah um and yeah, you can you can see that, or, or or actually, you know, you have you have everyday experience with machines that wear, right? right. So like it's literally wearing mm -hmm. from water running across it. Yeah, and it's like, well, if you let that go for so many millions slash billions of years, you get this thing. Yeah, right. And like even things like continental drift, people look at that and go, hmm, okay, I I can understand how small changes. Plus a long time can do that. But then the moment you apply it to evolution, it's like, don't, doesn't compute, you know? But anyway, so our, our grasp of big numbers is hard and small numbers is also hard. Like there's a the human small is range. a different kind of big. Yes. <laughs> yeah. The, the human range of like, okay, this is intuitive is fairly narrow band. Yes. Um, I think 
I think it was Richard Dawkins who, well, I don't know if he coined this, but he definitely brought up this characterization in uh, probably the selfish gene, um, but how like we live in middle world. Yeah. Um, like we're, we're too big to appreciate the microscopic and too small to appreciate the cosmos. Um, and so we, we live in this world where things have like textures. Textures aren't real. No. Right. They're just all of the macroscopic phenomena that we experience, which is, which is our entire experience. All of our senses are based on these macroscopic phenomena that don't actually exist, right? They're emergent like color. Color isn't real. No. It's just wavelengths of light. Like I'm looking at this cup of colored pencils behind you and they all look different, but like, and, and like, and, and, and it's, it's impossible to imagine like at the microscopic level, like you have to, you, in your, in your, in, at least to me, if I try to imagine, like if I just had a very powerful microscope and I could just keep getting closer and closer to the, to the orange pencil, <laughs> it's still orange. Yeah. Um, but it's not right. Mm. Um, eventually you get smaller than the wavelength of light and there just is no more color. Yeah. Um, yeah. It, it's or, or I've and I've seen too many color coded diagrams of molecules and stuff like that. Where now, like that's just the image in my brain of how yep. stuff is. But it's not though. And then then I get frustrated when I'm like, okay, cool, you have this amazing electron microscope, but why can't I see what color an atom is? And it's like because there isn't there isn't <laughs> the, the concept of color breaks down way before then. Yeah. Or why can't we just look at the shape of this thing? Well, it's like well because the thing we're using to measure it is one of these things, and we can't. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Absolutely. It is it's weird. Um so those concepts are hard, but yes. and mega projects are this. They are pushing the boundaries of our ability to understand just the fathom the amount of money going into right, these yeah, things. Right, yeah, it's it's okay. that but with money. Yeah. yeah. Um but as wealth and this is something that's always happened, people act like this is new. This has always been a thing. There's always been the wealthy dude or person um that can just do crazy things not even wealthy just powerful right the the egyptian pyramids you and me could not go round up a group of people to build, build the pyramids not because it's impossible it's because getting that many people to be that dedicated to the same project for a long enough period of time you got to have that that's power that the ability to make that happen is a manifestation of a power not just authority yeah, some some sort of power yeah and yeah that could be because we have more guns than you and we can just make you do it or, or it could be because we have yeah, or swords or or whatever um or it could be because we have lots of money or it could be because we have this very intuitively compelling ideology or something like that like that's mm -hmm. that's also a form of power being able to convince people that something is a good idea and that you should do it and that you should dedicate and you should sacrifice your life to this yeah, yeah. um well so Today, it's a lot harder to get people to do that for ideological reasons. Although not that hard. Not impossible, but it is harder, yes. Yeah, like especially in the West. Telling people, you know, God came to me and we need to build a mega city. No one, people are going to be a little skeptical about that. It's not going to fly the same way it did when the Pharaoh said, hey, we're building my tomb. It's going to be huge. And everyone's like, seems legit. <laughs> seems legit. <laughs> But why though? Horus and Osiris said so, and they're like, "Seems legit. Seems legit." Yeah, <laughs> um, I can't argue with that. Can't argue with that logic. <laughs> um, <clears throat> so, but money is the way to do it. But it, this kind of thing has always existed. Um, but now, it's there are actually more people now that can command that than there have ever been, mm -hmm. and that's a good thing. You know, I think a lot of people are like. I think it's an issue where it's like there are more billionaires now than ever. It's like, why is that a bad thing? Because there are fewer, there are more not billionaires too. It's like, okay, but like proportions, it happens. Okay. Right. Um, but some of these people, when, when you achieve that level of wealth where like you literally just can't spend it, it all. It is difficult to spend all that money. Yeah. Right. And I think there's two things that happen. One, it's difficult for me to spend all of this. And I'm just thinking about different things now because everything else is taken care of in my life. But also, I think I'm special because I got here. And to be fair, some of these people got lucky. Some of them are special, but usually it's both. And 
I had this genius idea or I'm promoting someone who has this genius idea and I make good decisions. So we're going to do this, you know, um, I guess new tangent, uh, Coffeezilla, we talked about him a couple weeks ago. He has some very interesting thoughts where he was talking about like the, the myth of the college or high school dropout tech billionaire genius. Yes. And how that meme in society is mostly a myth. Mm-hmm. Um, and it's, but it's also a pernicious meme because it allows people like Theranos or whatever that lady's name was who ran Theranos. It allows all these con people to hang on to that myth and people go along with them because they have concocted in their head an image of if you're going to This be is a- the next Steve Jobs or whatever. Yeah. Right. Um, or Mark Zuckerberg or whoever. Zuckerberg. Because Steve Jobs was not 20 years old, a college dropout, when he made True. it big. He, he got there eventually, but he didn't like hit billionaire status the way that Jack Dorsey did, the way that uh, Mark Zuckerberg, Zuckerberg did. Yeah, he didn't blow up as fast. Um, so you have these people that got lucky, frankly, caught the, caught the head of the current and took off. And these people, a lot of them, I feel like they're, they're still average people. They still eat and drink and sleep and have bathroom faculties like everyone else, you Mm -hmm. know? Um, but the difference is, is when they get a pipe dream in their head about something, they don't just sit and opine in a bunch of arm in a couple of armchairs about it on a podcast. Right, they start budgeting. Yeah, yeah, they can start budgeting. Um, <laughs> and sometimes it's great, and sometimes it's terrible. You know, it just depends. So these mega projects are usually funded by people like this. These people also believe in ideologies and have ideas, and that's kind of what I wanted to talk about. So there's a particular instance of this mega project, but I don't want to just narrow it to this. This just happens to be the one that got me going, and it's because they came up with a word for it. So this mega project, if you do care to look it up, is called Telosa, T-L-O-S-A. That's the name of the city they're wanting to build. <clears throat> and it is a purpose-built mega city. Um, and the idea is that they want to go in the middle of like nowhere where there is not a city. And instead of having this organic small town, which gets bigger, which gets bigger, which gets bigger, which is how cities have kind of evolved over mm-hmm. time. They want to just transplant in and build a city from nothing. Um, yeah, let's start with a city. Yeah. And and there are some advantages to doing this. For example, you know, people complain. Like, there's a really good example of this, actually. So if you look at big cities in Europe versus big cities in the U.S., a lot of big cities in the U.S. grew a lot quicker. And people kind of had the idea that this was going to be a big city, you know. Detroit's a great example. Detroit went from being a okay city to ballooning in population and wealth within a lifespan because of the auto industry. Meanwhile, London's existed and had mayors since time immemorial. Right. We actually don't even know how old that city is. Yeah. Yeah. It goes back before written records. So they just wrote at the very bottom of the record pretty much forever. Romans were around and this place existed, you know? Um, so if you look at like top downs of the city maps, Detroit is, you can see kind of where old Detroit was. It's this, tiny city but then there's a grid around it it's built out in a very systematic way whereas if you look at london it's a mess it's a spaghetti mess of just things thrown together because it wasn't planned like that and it grew slowly and organically enough over time that you just kept plopping layers on like it's it's it looks much more like the cross section of an onion of like a of a cabbage where Mm -hmm. it just layered in as needed uh, whereas, you know, American cities have a lot more of a grid structure to them. And it's not because cars, they had that grid structure before cars. Yeah. It just was a, humans get squares. It makes sense. Let's They're easy. Just do squares. Yes. Even though hexagons are objectively better, but. Yeah. I mean, that would have been a really based thing to see is. Hexagonally organized cities. Yeah. Like imagine someone instead of squares being the intuitive thing was like, Hey, you know, I've noticed that beehives be be hexagonal. Why don't we just do like the bees do? Although that would have been a disaster for cars, but, uh, (laughs) true. Maybe, maybe because one of the advantages is that at least you would have, you would deal with fewer car wrecks because cities that have narrower roads that are curvier tend to have slower traffic. I guess. Yeah. When I say disaster for cars, I mean, it makes traffic slow. Yeah. Yeah. Which is a disaster. There are no straightaways. Yes. Um, so this is a new thing. This is, let's build it all from scratch. But what 
in particular made this stand out to me that made me think this was a great fit for us the philosophers is they created an ism for it Mm. yeah so there's a word that they have created and defined called equitism equitism yes it's a noun (laughs) i'm looking at their website like like most isms yeah yes uh and the definition is an economic system in which citizens have a stake in the city's land as the city does hyphen as the city does better the residents do better so i say chop that last bit off that's marketing nonsense and doesn't actually matter because defining an ism by people doing better is just kind of definitionally making yourself it's like defining yourself as the best doesn't mean true it's kind of useless for reasoning's sake in my opinion but well i mean you could come up with a system in which that's not true though sure but like is it but that's also like saying that oh my ism's the best because it says so (laughs) like if it's not the best, it's not my ism. You know what I mean? Well, it's it's mostly that it's like, here's this thing that is just like, like nobody would disagree that this is good, right? Right. You know, oh, the city's doing better and the people are also doing better. Wow, that's just objectively good, you know? Sure. Yeah. So, but I'm going to stick with the first half of the definition because it's kind of the thing that makes sense uh, as an ism. So, the, the basic idea is a system in which citizens have stake in the city's land. Cool. Cool. What does that mean? Exactly. So they go on to kind of explain it. And I'm going to read some of this to kind of help us understand, keeping in mind that this is their words. So one, it's their words. So grains of salt all around. Um, It's going to definitely be tilted in their direction. And I don't know how specific this is going to get. I didn't actually read this part of it. Um, You know, we always prepare for these episodes. Okay. So I'm just going to read some of this. So, They begin their little paragraph after the definition with kind of their pitch, okay? To quote, Imagine if all the land in Manhattan was owned by a community endowment focused on improving the quality of life for all citizens. At current estimates, the endowment would be worth over $1 trillion and could generate over $60 billion every year in income to invest back into building the physical and human capital of the city. That is two times the current annual spend. Just imagine for a moment the impact these individual funds and resources could have on individuals and the entire community. Land is a finite resource that appreciates in value over time in large part because of the growth and activity of the community. The land value also increases from the tax dollars that residents pay to support the city for roads, bridges, tunnels, subways, and other infrastructure. Roads. Therefore, (laughs) since the community is the primary driver of land values, it seems fair that the community should benefit from the increase in land prices. Equitism is a new economic model based on the premise that citizens should have a stake. This is, I think, already read. Yeah, so that's pretty much it. Let me read this next part. Uh, Equitism in Tolosa starts with land and will be driven by the city's values period sorry <laughs> I, I thought that was a comma initially we will fund we will find uninhabitable land that will allow us to demonstrate the power of this idea the land will be donated to a community endowment which will use in the increasing land values to fund enhanced city services the building blocks of prosperity higher quality education greater access to home ownership improved health and wellness, more innovative business opportunities, and expanding jobs and retraining. Cool story, bro. Yep. This will provide a wider access to opportunity and greater shared prosperity for all citizens. Blah, 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 blah. Um, Does it ever say how it's going to do any of that? Nope, of course not. Okay. Why would they have to do that? (laughs) So so the first things first, let's go all the way back to the beginning. So they talk about Manhattan. And like, man, if only people owned the land in Manhattan and could value could could benefit from the increase in value of that land that's already how it works yeah who do you think owns the land in manhattan yeah do you think that the new york city government is just the land it's not the government no it's not the trees it's the people who live there well not well it mm, they don't always live there. some of the people that right i guess i guess that's that's the thing basically the question is what if everyone who lived on Manhattan owned their own property? 
at one point that kind of was how it was well yeah that's literally how all towns start yeah okay so that then the question is naturally okay but okay no 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 on top of that though manhattan does something that telosa isn't going to do in this case the people who just live there not even the ones who own land also get a say in how the city develops through its government Okay, that's also how cities work already? Yeah, but not in Tilosa. In Tilosa, you you get that by owning stake in the land. Mm-hmm. Okay. Which to me sounds so like... what if, if you rent an apartment in Manhattan, you don't get to vote for your council members and such? That's yeah. what it sounds like. And like we're literally going back to property owners are the ones who get to decide how society works. Which I'm cool with, actually. I, I, um, yeah, maybe. Kind of based. Uh, but, <laughs> but what's funny is people are touting this like, this is the solution to our problems. Because this is followed immediately by their diversity, equity, and inclusion statement. And it's very clear that this is not like some right-wing ethnostate ideology. Although, if you were to parse this the right way, there are a bunch of things in here that kind of wink and nod towards a certain kinds of, not nationalism, but like... uh exclusive communities we might say because this is inherently exclusive which again is okay landowners should have different they already do by the nature of owning the land have special things that they can do that non-landowners can't right granted they're also burdened by special things that non-landowners aren't so it's not like they're just getting these benefits for free um and that's a weird thing to me uh, that someone's building this mega city as a new idea when it's actually just an original old idea that's just being rehashed here. Yes. Now, don't get me wrong. This is just us reading this statement. It. I'm curious if they would go in to say like, okay, so they have a the how statement. Let's see what that looks like. Because I'm curious if you're forced to own land to live there. um, And that would be like maybe the difference where it's like, oh, if you want to live here, you have to own, if you want to be a citizen of here, you have to own land. But what does that mean for like renters? Like, can, does this mean there's going to be no rental properties? Um, or is it, because this is the other thing I was curious about, is that it says that the land is given to an endowment. It doesn't say whether or not the land is then sold to people. Because to me, what it feels like... Yeah, so what? If I just move there, I have stake now? Like, Yeah, but your stake is your rent. Right. Which is not the same as owners. Okay. Yeah, so I'm curious to see what that looks like. Because um, it, it... Trust me, if you go to their website, it is all about... It has all the big things. It's got things like, what about education, jobs, healthcare, environment, community and public safety, housing, governance, mobility... But what do I own? Do I own the land that I buy here? You know, mm -hmm. I don't know. It, it, in my mind, not having heard someone pitch it to me. Okay. I, yeah, and I don't want to go digging through their website to have it explained. But the fact that it's not obvious tells me that it's probably not. It's probably exactly what I think it is. Um, because to me, the only way you can make this happen, right? Because they have this grand vision of like what they're going to build where how it's going to be constructed this tells me almost that the city endowment is the one that gets to decide how this works and you just move in but by yes. moving in and paying rent this is literally just an overgrown apartment complex mm -hmm. this is what it is except that it's an overgrown apartment it's like an it's overgrown, an overgrown apartment co-op like <laughs> yeah it's an overgrown apartment co-op where it's like but this but it's the whole city yes um where a portion of the money that you're leasing, the portion of the land that you're leasing, your money is going to not just go into paying your the fact that you can live there, but it's also going to... It's also your taxes. Literally yeah. your taxes, yeah. So <laughs> this is not a new idea, except that when you move, well, A, you can't actually own anything here, and you're always subject to eviction. But this time, instead of just being evicted from the one apartment complex you live in and you're you deported from the city you're deported which is <laughs> hilarious to think about um as a concept but at the same time honestly i would that to me sounds it's at least it's still privately held right like 
as a you know agorist, a part of me looks at this from the perspective of okay, but no rules are being broken here. No yet. rules are being uh, on, broken on, here on, on the freedom index. Yeah, it's just that it doesn't sound like a place that I would ever want to live. Yeah, yeah, because I imagine the values. I can guarantee you, like firearms banned. Oh, certainly, certainly. Um, which was which is an interesting to think about. Could you do that? In U.S. law, for example, because for example, right? If I buy a city, if I build my own city from the ground up, I mean, yeah, why not? Yeah, like certain stores can ask you and re- choose to refuse you service, whether you're, if you're openly carrying a firearm. There's nothing wrong with that. Uh, well, I mean, okay, if I own an apartment complex, can I ban my residents from having firearms? I don't see why not. Yeah, yeah. So this so just it's just that it's just that, but the entire city, like where your kids go to school, where you work. Yeah, all of yeah. it. Wild. It's I. I'm very curious. I would love to talk to a socialist about this because I feel like on the surface of this, like I think we're gonna have an inverse idea. I look at this as like a dystopian nightmare, but the more I look at it, the more I'm like, oh, this actually doesn't uncheck any boxes. Yeah, there's nothing. I just there's no, like there's, it. Yeah, there's no foul play in terms of, uh, like breaking the NAP. Right. Um, but. Yeah, it's still a terrible place to live, and I would never go there. Yeah. Yeah. But I feel like a socialist would have the exact opposite. They would be like, this sounds amazing. But the more they look into it, they realize, wait a minute. <laughs> this is like those company towns that I heard about a long time ago. Yeah, this is literally just a city owned by a billionaire. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. That I work and live in that I he runs my life, and this is actually terrible and awful. Right. Which is kind of funny how that work. Um. Some people are uh, marking this as a uh, greenwashed Las Vegas, <laughs> <laughs> which is not, which is kind of an apt. Um, it does seem appropriate. What is Georgism? I've heard of Georgism. Yes, Henry George. Oh yes, I remember this. Okay. So Henry George, yeah, he had some weird ideas. Okay, so he's a uh, 19th century economist. Um, so his belief is that people like, okay, you you are the owner of the fruits of your labor, right? Okay. Um, but that land, like, and not, okay. I'm going to I'm going to say this in a very simple term and then have to elaborate. Land should belong to the people. But not like you're not allowed to own land, but that there should always be a tax on land. And <clears throat> basically like he his whole thing, his his whole philosophical idea that he like obsession really um is that if you just had a single tax on land value, then that could like pay for society. Um, because land is like the resource that matters or something like that. It's weird. I, yeah, I've, I've looked into this guy before. It's been a little while. Um, and there are, we, we could do a whole episode on Georgism. I'm adding that to the topic stack. (laughs) (laughs) The the reason I even brought it up is because the first Reddit thread I saw about it, I literally searched this scam and to see what popped up in Georgism, the the subreddit has a bunch of people talking about it and they're like, this is purely inspired by this idea. So there's our fork for next week. And these people seem pretty stoked about it. So, and if I, if I remember right, uh, I'm not going to be able to find it from, from here. If I remember right, Georgism is the, is the philosophy of the woman who invented the, the board game, uh, Monopoly interesting yes uh and, and, well or as it was originally called um it's called the landlord's game something like that yeah um yeah i think that's where i learned about this from it was a history of monopoly um so yeah and and it's often it's often said well actually monopoly is a board game that's meant to instill like communist ideals she, she wasn't a communist though she was a georgist um mm. yes yeah, I don't know. I so in that, in that case, it seems to me like you would not actually own the land. It's the city that owns the land, right? Or is it the opposite of what you said for Georgism? 
that people do own or people don't own? You own you own whatever you produce yourself, but it, it's weird. The yeah, like the land, yeah, land and the natural resources on the land belong to society, the government. Then, yeah, essentially, it would have to be. Yeah, anytime anyone says society, you might as well you, just say just the, the government. government yeah. yeah, yeah, pretty much. Okay, cool. So yeah, this is. I don't know. It, but not the government in this case. The, the city endowment, which is a company that's behaving like a government. But it behaves like a government. Yeah. The only the only yeah. difference is that it doesn't use guns to get its way. Like you uh, you you sign a lease to, to to come live here. Essentially is what you'd have to do. Which again, if every You're checking all the freedom boxes, yeah, right? Yeah. You're yeah, checking it's the freedom all boxes. voluntary, no foul play. But yeah, you're you're still getting all the worst parts of a government. Yeah. But at least you're signing up for it. And you know what? Actually, yeah, I guess I shouldn't say all the worst parts because at least at least the billionaire who's running the city isn't going to go like start wars and stuff. So probably not. That's probably. against business interests. Yeah. But, <laughs> so, yeah, I guess in my case, like this is absolutely a way that people could pretend to be communists in an ANCAP world where they could actually form an endowment together and make their commune, even though it's funded by a billionaire. And then if it like but it would thrive or die on itself, you know. Um. So, yeah. At least in this, you have the opt-out ability, which technically, you know, in cities, you still have. You can always move. Very few cities, at least in the West, wall you in. It's not like we're North Korea, uh, where you just can't leave, you know, um, yet. And uh, so, yeah, I have no problem with this, actually. On paper, I have no problem with this existing, but I would never want to live here. Right. Because I like owning my own land, and... You know, this kind of makes me think about... This is also like the ultimate HOA. Yeah, um, really. Because, yeah, especially because you don't own the land. You, yeah. They literally can tell you what you can do with your own house. Yeah. You mean their house? Well, their house. And actually, it wouldn't even be a house. It'd be an apartment, almost certainly. Oh, yeah, because this city is built to be as eco-friendly as possible. Which, which means multifamily housing, yes. Multifamily housing, yeah. So, cool. Um, You know, I... This makes me think of the concept of the city-state. Okay. I liked... I don't like the state, but city-states are like one of the most inane forms of state to me. They're better, yeah. Because it just concentrates the people that care about that into one place. And everyone else in the countryside can just do what they want it's like hoa versus non-hoa it, it really is like <laughs> the hoa is the is the neighborhood state um <laughs> right and you let the hoas argue amongst themselves over things and if the hoas want to go to war with each other that's fine leave me out of it like cool, but i'm gonna go live out uh, here. away from all that and uh and not have to follow your rules yeah yeah it's much better than the concept of like a national government which yeah. a nation state yeah. yeah, a nation state which just oversees the whole area and treats them all the yeah, same. This is all mine and you're all mine and you're going to obey my rules. Yeah. Right. Except these people over here have organized and are going to make additional rules. So it's like having both. Yes. Um, especially in a federal system like most of the countries that exist. Um, but yeah, no, I, interesting. I, I'm curious to see if other billionaire projects like this pop up like i i am okay with this i i think that it's a decent use of people's if people were going to blow their money on anything this is not a terrible way to do it like go try your idea if you really believe it because i'll tell you right now if i had 400 billion dollars because i made up some tech idea and then sold it to microsoft i would definitely put it towards my ideology and beliefs and try things sure. out and so i have no issues with it i mean a similar concept to this that i I wish was just more tenable with sea setting. Sea setting. Yeah. I know exactly where you're going with this. I, I like the idea. Um, it, it overcomes some hurdles that are a lot more difficult when you're dealing with, because you eliminate the land component ultimately. Well, you don't, you kind of, you, you actually make it worse kind of, but you, you do and you don't. It depends on the scenario. On the one hand, it, you can actually own the land and you can take it with you when you don't like it anymore. Right. At least the problem is that you literally have to buy the land into existence and it's a lot more expensive. Yeah. Than just going and, and requires maintenance. Somewhere. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> land maintenance. <laughs> What's wrong? My man, my island is sinking. Hold on. Nope. My property. 
the the deadly although that's that's the same thing real land requires maintenance if you don't mow the lawn long enough it nature nature will just retake you yeah they will reclaim (laughs) yes so it's just more quickly and deadly on water i guess yes um and with less support yeah yeah. so i guess for those of you don't know what seasteading is it's kind it's It's homesteading it's in the name water (laughs) yeah in the sea specifically um so it's this interesting i guess idea the i don't know who founded this idea i'm sure there's a guy who's like the face of this who probably reminds you of john mcafee a bit honestly um who is like why don't we take some barges and move them over here and then just strap them together and form a floating society in international waters where we actually won't have we won't be holding to any government since all the land's kind of been taken right sort of looking at you antarctica um which antarctica then, cold though and, and claimed just sort of not claimed yeah but also cold and windy and, and, and yeah, deadly deadly yeah. deadly nature yes um not great so the closest to another planet you can ever get on this world yeah really yes <laughs> um so they're like well why don't we build some of these barges and while we're at it uh the neat thing would be is if enough people went out and did this if you it still retains some of the ideas of a community because people who link all their barges together you and your neighbors are your community um and you can benefit from being linked together they're actually like one of the examples they gave in nature was like well what happens when there's a big storm and they're like well larger societies would fare better because like one of the reasons you don't feel all the waves on a cruise ship but you do on a dinghy is because the more surface area it has the waves start to kind of cancel each other out. Like where there's a rise in the right. When the ship is larger than the wavelength. Yeah. It just kind of levels out. Right. Yeah. Um, and so, yeah. So you could form these societies up. And if you ever got tired of your society, opting out is as simple as undocking theoretically. Granted, there are some other logistical problems with that, but yeah. Like imagine, you know, try it's like Jenga. (laughs) Yes. Imagine you want to undock, but you're one of the foundation blocks. A little harder, but still theoretically doable. Much more so than I'm going to... Or, yeah, 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 you're the foundation thing. Or you're, like, buried deep in the middle of the, the mm-hmm. groups. And I get to get out somehow. Which means everyone else has to move to let you out. Right. And then figure out how they're going to rearrange themselves without you there. Or they just close around the hole and leave, and leave the hole. hole. But Ah, so all these also need to be submersible. So you can just go underneath and get out. Yeah, but then at that point, you would have the submersible city where it just becomes a blob where they're in the water oh, and then no. people still get trapped. Now you have a void, which is even worse than a hole. It's like those those giant uh, like globs of algae that are as big as continents. Yep. <laughs> also how I imagine space, people who have these like, you know, puff, puff, pass ideas about living in like sea steading in space, my guy, but space we're space steading. stations, space steading. God, I need to, we need to make a, is that, is that a, is that URL? Hold on. Hold I got to Google and see if space steading is a thing. There's a subreddit for it. Oh no. <laughs> I'm going to see if the dot com. Is yeah, taken. this is definitely a thing. Hey, but space com is for sale by GoDaddy. So new philosophers, a three, three and a half grand what yeah so someone did buy it but they're selling it oh man anyway we'll figure out a way yeah uh but yeah same deal different problem it just i don't know uh but yeah i i don't know i i liked the seasteading idea i i did i i was like okay yeah this checks all the boxes and it's very freely associating which is a very important right when you want to be a part of a community like i think one of the you know the right to free association is a difficult right to manifest in a community context because you kind of can't it's kind of an all or nothing deal sometimes you know like if you want to live in a anytime you put a bunch of humans together some humans are going to do some things that you don't like, but you don't really have the right to tell them not to. And, but you always have the, you should always have the ability to just not, but the more people there are, the more benefit and downfalls come at the same time. Right. You know, and it gets a harder calculation to make where it's like, man, I just, I don't want any of this. I'd much rather keep it small, you know, and, you feel like, it, you know, you're not 
you are manifesting the right, like picking up and moving, but it feels like a burden. You know what I mean? I totally get where people come from when they're like, well, if you don't like it, you can leave. It's like, well, can I though? Can I though? And I'm, don't be wrong. I am a hundred percent someone who says that to people, but I also say it with a bit of disdain because I, I almost always reserve that for people who are like, we should do things like so-and-so. And And I'm like, well, how about you go Go join? Yeah. That's, that's the difference. Right. When it's, when it's, I don't want to pay taxes. Okay. Well, if you don't like it, go somewhere. There's nowhere I can go and not pay taxes. Right. Someone is going to come beat me up and get me to pay taxes. Yep. But yeah, it's like, I want to go somewhere with socialized healthcare. Cool. There's lots of countries that already exist that do this. You can just go there and live the way you want to right now. Yep. So please do, you know, um, and that's how I think it should be. I think that you should be able to go live the life the way you want to, and then find other people who want to live life the way that you want to, and then go do it. Although this does bring up an interesting kind of thing that a lot of people find detestable. And this is no different. This billionaire happens to buy into a lot of the wokeisms that go along with things. But what happens when there's, what happens if the clan leader of the KKK finds founds a tech company and sells it for a trillion dollars and he's wanting to build white losa or whatever you know right. what i mean yeah all of the sudden it's like whoa you can't live the way you, you can't want to do that yeah. yeah and that's an interesting one because i people think it's a total own zone whenever they're like so what do you think about white nationalists wanting to found a community of whites only i'm like well i don't like it but if they own hear me out they do that in their own home already right like if they own a house they can tell people yeah they can determine who is and isn't allowed to come into that house or on their yard or whatever yep yeah you you can't force them to entertain guests that they don't want to entertain and i think even most people would realize that's absolutely ludicrous right so if the clan develops a neighborhood you know yeah, they can just do that. Um, yeah, I don't like it either. Yeah, I do I think it's detestable? Sure. But they're paying for it themselves. I, I would even go so far as to agree with people that are like, well, they shouldn't get taxpayer dollars. I'm like, I, you know what? That's a good idea. Yes, certainly. Yeah, I agree. Let's not let the government fund what they're doing. But it's also kind of unfair to tax them in the first place, don't you think? Right. And... No one complains when it's the, you know, the opposite either. Like, that's the thing. There are plenty of ethno-nationalist, like, communities all over the place. Some get complained about, some don't. And it just seems to be whatever aligns with your political ideology most of the time, Mm -hmm. you know? And yeah, but that's the thing. If you don't like it, then don't live there. Don't go there, you know? Um, Do I think that they should... And like to to also be fair, like if if they did set up a city like that and people were unaware, if if you were like a person that they did not like or say they thought they were racially superior to you, if you're driving through and you don't realize it, do I think that they should just be able to shoot you on sight? No, I don't think that's warranted. I don't mm-hmm. think they should be taking anybody hostage or slave. That obviously I'd have an issue with. Right. But then they're actually infringing on someone else's right. You, no one has a right to just live in a place specifically right or to be sold a thing yeah right no you you have the right to claim you have the right to once you've owned something to dictate how you want it to be ran up unto the limit of someone else's rights as well you right. know um that is the nap that, yeah. that li- nap 101 yeah it's not it's not a hard concept to think about but but at the end of the day i was you know it's weird because I feel like a lot of people think that if that was allowed to happen, that would become the majority of the world is that it would just be a bunch of hateful places towards groups of people, which I don't think that that's true. Right. That says a lot about your outlook on humanity that you, you, yeah, you basically assume that most people are racist. Right. And I don't know. I I just don't find that to be the case. Don't get me wrong. Humans can be extremely tribal. That's for sure. Yeah. That's definitely built in. Yeah. You know, but like, are they suggesting that if they built a communist commune and I walk in and say, hello, I am capitalist, they're going to burn me at the stake? Probably not. Right. Yeah. Who's like, to say that they would do that? Yeah. Yeah. Well, them, because they're usually communists, the one I'm talking to about this idea. Well, maybe if you're a communist who wants to burn me at the stake for not being a communist. 
says a lot about you. It says a lot about you and not necessarily <laughs> about people. Yes. So, yeah. Um, but it is, I guess, the last thing about this particular thing before we move on, I guess, to whatever else we're going to talk about today is that it, it's hilarious to watch. It, it also kind of, I think, goes to show that a lot of people, if you just say the right words and you market it the right way, people will go along with it mm-hmm. because this is obviously a, this is a hyper-capitalist, you know, robber baron way of building a city that you can just own to make a lot of money on, mm-hmm. but also get socialists to be your primary tenants. Like, it's hilarious to yes. me. So I, I hope he builds it, and I hope it's filled with the brim with communists that get robbed blind. Not, not get robbed blind, but you hear me out. Like, bite into the Who trap. don't realize that they're just paying into the thing that they Hate swore the to destroy. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Which is hilarious. Um because I don't know, like we, we've talked about this a couple of times and the whole land ownership deal is kind of a eye squinty one. Like it's hard to work out because it is a finite resource, like most things that we don't have a problem owning, you know? Right. Except it's, but it's also kind of like air in the way that you can't avoid it. And if everybody owned some of it, it's kind of hard to, it can make your life extremely difficult. Like there's the old analogy of imagine, you know, four people buy every plot of land around you and then refuse to let you leave due to trespassing laws. Is then that kind of wrong? Mm -hmm. You know, the whole right of free travel and stuff like that. But a lot of these also, I feel like we worked out a very, very long time ago. They were very common sense, you know, like I can't, no, me wrong. I'm sure that there were like, like, let's take us back to the time when we were tribal humans, right? That this was a thing that happened. Tribal, tribal humans that may or may not have operated in an area as hunter gatherers, you know, if they saw somebody that was not of the tribe in their area, one response might be that it's an intruder or an invader. We need to deal with this, but I can't help but think even back then, if you could somehow overcome a language barrier to be like, I'm literally just passing through. I can't help but think that most people would have just let you go. Maybe. Mm, I think it depends. Maybe. I don't know. I'd like to believe and if not then hopefully we've advanced as a group as a as a species beyond that yeah it's hard to say i mean so based based on what jared diamond wrote about in the world until yesterday seems like no um tribes are very territorial and in in his experience at least in new guinea if you are caught trespassing it is assumed that you're stealing resources like food Hmm. So maybe this and they don't necessarily problem. kill you, but they may try to figure out where you're from and maybe accuse your tribe of something and try to get a payment for it, something like that. Hmm. So maybe this is a legitimate problem. Mm-hmm. It's just a weird one to think about. It's a cultural thing too, though. Like it can be, it can be different from place to place. But that was his experience: is that they're very territorial. Yeah. <clears throat> I don't know. It, it it's kind of a hard one because, like in my head, it's like. Well, if, if I'm traveling, if you bring this down to the individual level, if you own a farm and I'm trying to cross, do I have to walk all the way around it? Do I have to wait for you to come by? Like, say you live in the very middle of this hundred square mile area. Mm-hmm. Do I have to wait for you to come by the edge so that I can ask permission? Or is it okay for me to, to just go, to just go, you know? Yeah. And I mean, I think, I think. Yeah, it, it, it depends, right? Because none of this stuff exists in a vacuum, right? So what right. what led up to this point? Because that's going to inform the culture, right? At this point, we're in a culture where it is not acceptable to just shoot somebody for walking on your property. And so long as things stay that way, then yes, you can just walk across without asking permission. And if he tells you to get off, maybe you need to come to some other agreement. Mm-hmm. But as long as there's never a confrontation, there's no problem. Sure. And it's also not like these kind of things are rife for abuse either because if it's just one person, it's not a big deal. But if like enough people are trying to move from one place to another and you happen to be right in the middle, you know, on the one hand, business opportunity, charge a fee, you know? Um, right. Yeah. Build a fence. Here's my gate. Pay the troll toll. Yeah. Um, and, then, and then you can come through and you need to stay on this path. But yeah. But it could also be a problem if they're like literally trampling your crops and stuff like that because there's thousands of people trying to get through. Mm-hmm. Yeah. and there's way more of them than there are of you so right they can just beat you up <laughs> so maybe the idea is not to be a 
troll toll type person, but maybe you build a pathway. Yeah, just yeah, yeah. Sacrifice some of your farmland and build a road. Yes. Yeah, which and which is still an infringement in a way, but it's also one where it's like it's practical though. Practical. Yeah. At the end of the day, you gotta do what's practical. And uh you may not like it, but you know what? That's also kind of a burden that comes with owning that much land. But that's I don't think it's an undue one. It's not like anyone's imposing it on you from a top down level necessarily. It's a circumstantial thing that happens very similar to like anything that would happen in nature like if you build a big piece of farmland only to realize you're sitting on top of some very unuseful soil and trying to be a farmer you don't all of a sudden have a right to do something about that or you build a big farm and there's lots of local pests that keep eating all your food like Mm -hmm. you're gonna have to do something about it like yeah the environment around you has a way of making you do things that you didn't want to do but you have to do if you want to be able to do the other thing you're trying to do and i think that we often try to separate humans out from that environment when we absolutely are also a part of that environment yes people are part of the environment yeah yeah and you still have to interact with them as though they were part of the environment except they have rights <laughs> right where the pests don't well most people For now think that they don't <laughs> exactly so yeah i don't know I, it just caught my eye that whole build your own city kind of idea it's an interesting concept yeah, yeah. not not how i would do it um I have thought about a similar idea before like that, except the difference being that it's a purely paper difference where, and this also would be in a similar vein to this because they're also having to build this within the United States, right? Like they're having to try to, they're still going to be taxes, right? Right. And that was one of the complaints I saw in here was Georgists complain about income taxes a lot. Because I'm assuming, based on the very, very, very yeah. high level, we'll go into it deeper later, that they're of the mindset that, well, land should be the things that you're taxing. Everything else should be fine. Right. So, and that way, it's like you're almost there. Good good on you, but almost. Um, like the monotheists of sadism. They really are. <laughs> um, Post-Inquisition. But... Uh, <laughs> I had a similar idea where, you know, how do you skirt taxes on this, but you also want to live there? And I was like, well, you find the least taxable thing, usually a religious institution or a church or whatever. And outwardly facing, it buys this huge piece of land, but inwardly facing private contractually wise, you know, privately held contract wise, for all intents and purposes, you do buy the land. Like, no one in the organization can ever help me force you to buy. Like you get rid of all the things that make HOAs pernicious, but it shields you from the taxes and you would now be taxed at a lower rate. And it still passes those taxes through as a proportion, but it, it eliminates a lot of the issues you have. This is an unincorporated place on purpose. So you remove as many levels as you can, but it's the same after that. Like it's, there is no fire police department, whatever members of the community initially anyway and this is the thing i think that's also different from this is that you know i had thought about trying to do something like this in real life i don't have a billion dollars and can't just go build a mega city somewhere so it would be very small to start but when it's small you kind of don't if you know everybody in the community you kind of don't need a cop you know right um because you the idea would generally be that if someone one of you is a thief the, the community knows you're a thief you know and would deal with you um but if you got larger and you did need some form of security well maybe one of the people in the community steps up and takes that job you know and they get paid difference though between it and the tax deal is that no one's compelling you for this person's services to pay for this person's services and this person doesn't have to render those services if they're not paid you know um and you just kind of bootstrap up from there as far as if there's a need for something and like a good, I think the idea that I'd had is that if we all wanted like quality internet access, we could all pay individually to have private, you know, quality internet access routed to the place. Or maybe it makes more sense for us to all chip in together to buy this thing that we all then benefit from, you know, but that's it. We don't like raise taxes that we're paying in month after month, year after year, long after the thing is built, you know, necessarily, unless we financed it. It would be a thing that, you know, we could work out that particular thing and then do it. And then once it's done or paid for, we, we're done. We don't need to do anything else. And if you don't like it, you don't have to pay for it. Or you just write into the clause where it's like, if you do eventually want it, then you need to pay in this amount 
And then that money is redistributed to the people who originally fronted the cost at an interest rate. So you're incentivized to get in early, like if like with anything else. But if you don't want to, then, well, you pay to get yours or someone owns it. Someone will sell it to you as a internet service provider. You know, it's not a problem. Um, and I don't, I never felt like there was anything wrong with that idea. Um, because ultimately I think that's, that's in my mind, one of the most ultimate manifestations of, you know, your ability as a person is to truly kind of contribute to an environment that you actually want to live in, including cooperating with others to make it happen, you know, potentially. I, I do see how some would much rather go at their own, right? And, you know, I, I think that there's this ideal myth of the ANCAP, right? Where they live in their mansion on an island with their nukes. Mm-hmm. They make nukes and everyone leaves them on their gold bars and bitcoins alone. But that's a very unrealistically, that's very unachievable for most people. Um, and most people wouldn't want that. Most people do like being a part of some kind of community. Mm-hmm. Um, they just wish that that community didn't impose so many things on them that they didn't sign up for. Right. And while you can't really let kids to, you know, advocate for what they do or don't want in the society in that way, because they don't really contribute either. It is kind of awkward because you do start out in an environment that you didn't ask for and you're inheriting, but you should be able to choose to opt out and then adopt something that you do have the ability to negotiate, you know? And I think this, having this as an opportunity would be a good way to do it. And the overall spirit of this idea, I support, like I I would be, it would be neat to see experimental cities like this pop up because if anything, it would just give you it would give those inclined options to pick from other than, you know, you have bog standard default American city, or you can go live in one of these experimental cities and shut up and quit complaining about how nowhere like this exists. And if it really doesn't, it also sets the mold for others to actually try these things. You know, it's, it's mm-hmm. hard being the first to build something like this. And so in that way, I kind of hope they build it and I hope that it doesn't instantly fail and it works if for any other reason, just because everybody kind of gets along and works to make it work. But that also is kind of what makes any community exist. Yes. I, I am of the opinion that communism can work if everyone wants to be communist. My, my biggest bone to pick with communism is not that there are people who want to be communist and go live and be communist together. That's fine. And so you, they want to make me do it. That's, that's my biggest bone. Yes. Yeah, stop trying to make me a communist. I, I'm not trying to make you an NCAP. I'm literally advocating for myself to let me go be an NCAP, for example. You know, no ANCAPs are trying to make other people ANCAPs necessarily or not force them to anyway. Mm-hmm. Um, uh, my biggest bone is, yeah, stop trying to make me a communist. Stop trying to t- If your idea relies on me submitting to you, it's not a good idea. Right. So I don't want to do it. Um, have you ever had a pie in the sky idea like that? What would be your mega project if you had the billion, the trillion dollars to go fund a mega project? What would you do? And it better not be like build a gigantic, whatever the antique radio aesthetic of punk <laughs> is, it better not be that. <laughs> no, I don't think it would be that. Welcome to analog land. <laughs> okay. This is, this does sound tempting. Um, Analogia. <laughs> yeah. What, what, what is, what is eighties punk? Um, 80s what, punk. Whatever that is. I guess just, like the Miami Vice kind of vibe, maybe. I guess. The neon wave type stuff. Maybe. Neon was very 80s, I think. Lots of very bright pinks and blues. Big collar shirts. <laughs> the elected representative of Analog Lands, like the uniform is just like a white suit with a gold chain and like the really big <laughs> collars, you know, and like a pastel t-shirt underneath. <laughs> looking like he's straight out of Miami in 1985. Cell phones forbidden, landlines only. Yeah, cell phones forbidden, landlines only. <laughs> Everyone is issued a golden tiger stripe desert eagle to carry because that's just what you do when you look no. 80s. <laughs> oh god. No. No, the no, no, the the new hotness, this new Glock thing that just came out. Um Posho. No. Okay. <laughs> no. I don't want to talk about it. <laughs> um that's our other podcast. <laughs> That's the other podcast that we haven't started yet. Yes. Uh, I, I, don't, I don't know. 
And it doesn't matter because I'm never, I'm never going to be that rich. Yeah, that's okay. Me either. It's fine. Well, you, dear listener, if you think you'll be rich someday, what's your pie in the sky idea for a mega city? I don't know if there are comments or anything on the thing that we post on. I've never actually been to it, but if there are, <laughs> get in there and tell me about it. <laughs> you can find ways to reach us in the description below. There you go. Thank you, David. Mr. Yes, the intern. <laughs> Mr. I'll have our intern post <laughs> Philosophers. Philosophers. If you like the music in this episode, please check out Jippy on Bandcamp at jippy.bandcamp.com. Philosophers is supported by viewers like you. If there's a topic you'd like us to discuss, or a topic you'd like to see revisited in the future, please let us know by contacting us using the methods in the description, or in the comments below. Thank you for listening.